0: Hello, and welcome back to Nomads, you and I. Mark, do you have any kind of interesting opener for us today?
1: Well, it was interesting. We went to a soul food restaurant last night. Oh, right? we did. And met with some uh, a young couple. I would mm-hmm. kind of mentored him yes. to become a preacher. Yes, hello,
0: Derek and Laura.
1: Yeah, and they. I think they drove like 160 miles one way. Yeah. And then we went to a singing. I mean, not a. I don't think there was a spare seat in that congregation yes, at Trilacoochee. Little...
0: Yes, Little Church House. I, he said he'd numbered around 140, if I remember. 144
1: or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then today, after this, we will head down to Brandon. Yes. I want to say Bandon, but that's in Oregon. Okay. Brandon. Yeah, it be a long drive. I guess it's an annual thing that members of the church in Brandon have. You're supposed to wear like a plaid shirt and your cowboy hat and cowboy boots, and they have like brisket and... It's a barbecue. Well, it says they're having horse races, but not with real horses. Oh, wow. That's and just they this is news to me. <laughs> they're having, I reread the invite. It just said entertainment.
0: Entertainment. So when you told me that there was maybe going to be entertainment, I don't know why. My mind automatically went to talent it, show. some kind of talent show, like kids were going to get up and You know, somebody would read a cowboy poem or somebody Mm. else would do whatever. And so I suggested to you that we did have something that we could bring to the table, which is probably going to get deleted from this podcast. But I suggested, okay, so this Clint Eastwood movie. I mean, is that a cowboy movie at all? It's a Western. Okay.
1: These would be the Westerns that Clint Eastwood did overseas. And they're called spaghetti Westerns. Oh, really? Because they were directed by an Italian director. I think they were done... Overseas, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. but boy, they have attracted like a major following. Oh, they have! And I think what really jumped out was it's the music.
0: It's the right. music. So I suggested to Mark, and I totally do not have the courage to do this at the party. But we have a little bongo drum in the man cave. So office. we could get the beat going. Yes, and then I happen to know how to do this. <laughs>
1: And then we'd have I can people do that with my whistle, hands. go.
0: <whistles> yeah, and maybe we'd have audience participation. They could do the whistle part. So there you go. Cindy has that hidden talent that's absolutely useless. Yeah. But I've been able to do that since like um, grade school, I think.
1: Well, <laughs> and also you got to have.
0: Oh, you have your keys. Yeah, you could, well, I
1: can throw that in there too. Okay. So we almost have most of the soundtrack. To the good, the, 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 the bad, ones, and the ugly. Yeah, just to our own skills
0: all right well we probably just got that stuck in everybody's head but yes this should be an interesting party this is the party that my wardrobe has been waiting for all my life there we go <laughs> <laughs> all right so thank you for the fun pre-scripture hike chat and i will read to you james chapter 3 starting in verse 13 going through verse 18 There it says, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace.
1: This is really one of the great sections, I think, of the book of James. Yes. Interesting, sweetheart. It starts with, who among you is wise and understanding? Mm -hmm. And there might be a couple of things there. It looks like that maybe James is challenging his readers a little bit who might consider themselves, well, we're smart people, Mm -hmm. and James says, okay, if you really are wise, Mm -hmm. if you really are as understanding as you claim to be, show it, and show it by your good behavior, and show it by your deeds, and you know what that brings you back to? Be a doer of the word Not merely a hearer.
0: Yes. It also brings us back to just a couple verses before, you know, there was this distinction of fresh water or bitter water. There was can a fig tree produce olive? or a vine fig so like what kind of person is this salt water or fresh you know i guess does this connect it
1: i think it does it goes back to jesus saying you'll know them by their fruits Mm -hmm. that is okay you're professing to be wise and understanding yes let's see it in your life let's see fruits that back up that claim exactly if not then going back to chapter one if not your religion's vain
0: Wow. Thanks for tying all that up. Yes. Now,
1: the other thing I think, sweetheart, would be, this might go back, remember, to the very first part of chapter three, let not many of you be teachers. What we're supposed to teach, but here's the verse that says, don't let many of you be teachers. And this verse also may answer that by saying, if you're really going to be an effective teacher, then here's what you need to bring. Not only Mm -hmm. do you you need to know your subject matter, but you need to back up what you teach with your life.
0: Absolutely, and yes, you had mentioned in passing Matthew chapter seven, verses 16 through 20, And there it says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then by their fruit, you will recognize them. And so as we're going to see, as we dig into the difference between wisdom from above and wisdom from below, it's going to help us distinguish what kind of fruit we're looking at, right?
1: Great observation. I think this is very good. What's good for every generation. Our generation seems to be falling into a little bit of the trap of, well, I know I'm lazy and I'm doing drugs and I yell at my parents, etc. but I really am a good person. Yeah. And James doesn't allow us to play that sort of game. So James would say the truly qualified and skillful teacher is the person whose life matches the word of God or it matches what they're teaching, their profession. Our conduct does preach a very loud and clear sermon.
0: Yes, there is so much confusion in the world with the culture right now, Mark, where good is being called evil and evil is being called good. And there's so many things that have gone into that. But I think one of the things I want to point out to try to see through that deception is... Is that what I've seen, Mark, is that like if you go on to the website of the most major organization in America that does everything that they can to make sure that a mother can choose to end the life of her child who she's about to give birth to, they will use all of the same vocabulary that you will find in the scriptures. They're going to misuse such words as compassion or love or responsibility, these kinds of things. And they totally use the vocabulary of goodness to do everything they can to achieve death. And so no wonder the scriptures say we're to be as shrewd as serpents. I mean, we really, really do need to be paying attention and look farther than just on the surface of what we're hearing these days.
1: That's a great observation that that in order for evil to sell its program, it has to put it in the language that sounds like good. Exactly. If it put it in the language of actual evil, no one would buy it. They'd say, well, that's horrible. That's a horrific sort of point of view.
0: Yes, sugar-coated. Yes, the devil is a trickster. All right.
1: Well, what's that next phrase? It's an interesting one. It says, in the gentleness of wisdom, one translation says, done in humility which wisdom prompts Mm. and i think that's the idea of gentleness here would be a very intelligent accurate but humble view of oneself it's not being passive yeah it's not being weak right but it's the opposite of arrogance right it's a it's a humble recognition
0: yes and There's an irony that I've seen in several quotes that talk about, like, don't be arrogant about your virtues, (laughs) you know, that sometimes people talk about a humble brag and that kind of thing. So yes, instead, verse 13 says, who among you is wise and understanding, let him show by his good behavior and his deeds in gentleness and wisdom. So good character must always be accompanied by humility if it is to remain truly good. Yes,
1: yes. And also an essential aspect of wisdom is humility. You really can't separate them. Uh, Way back in Proverbs 9, it says, teach a wise man. We think like, well, wait a minute. Does not the wise man know everything? No. Mm -hmm. Teach a wise Mm -hmm. man and he will be yet wiser. So wisdom is someone who is forever teachable, who's ever open to the truth, and who is always open to correction.
0: Yes, only the humble person sees themselves as they truly are. And as every one of us is, we are in need of yet more of the knowledge of God's wisdom.
1: Mm-hmm. So if you're humble, you're right. You see who you are accurately. You see who other people are, that mm-hmm. they need compassion and grace and mercy and um, the golden rule of will approach them in the way that you would want to be approached, right? Mm. Matthew chapter 7 verse 12. Yes. But maybe even more important than that, if you're humble, you see where God is. You realize that God is God and you're not, and that you're very limited and finite, you can really mess things up when you operate just on your own opinion, which I think the next verse is going to move into.
0: Yes, verse 14 says, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth.
1: Now, James is going to connect this with a wisdom that comes from below, a wisdom simply of this world maybe another way to put it, a way of looking at life where you factor God out. Mm. God's not factored in. You're not factoring in the Bible. You're just looking at things from a purely materialistic sort of level. Yes. And when you do that, you are going to end up with bitter jealousy. You are going to end up with a me first. Selfish ambition, I think, is people say they're a good self-promoter. <laughs> you know, they, The yep. person they're really out trying to promote is themselves. This is that dog eat dog and uh-huh. stab people in the back to try to get up the corporate ladder sort of thing you know the sad thing is that can invade christians too yeah right we have a choice here and paul talks about that in philippians 1 15 when he was in prison there were actually christians that were glad he was in prison because they thought that gave them the open door to try to make a name for themselves
0: yeah yeah there's a lot of ways this can manifest itself selfish ambition can really take a lot of your happiness. It feels like you're actually moving toward happiness by pursuing selfish ambition, but in reality, it really, really makes you miserable because often your relationships get trampled, you know, in the process of selfish ambition. It can also be not just in the workplace, but also with your family. But if we can just deal with what's in front of us sometimes in the needs of our families before achieving these personal goals that we have, we end up actually with better relationships and we like ourselves better as well. So I would just look out for this on every level of your life, whether it's parenthood, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your volunteer work, if it's in your local congregation, selfish ambition ruins everything.
1: Yeah. It's interesting how, if you put yourself as the center, how, well, you're jealous. You, you are, because you're, you're, you're
0: clinging, like, somebody's going to take my stuff.
1: Yeah, you're threatened. You're threatened by other talented people. And right. there's going to be other talented people. and So naturally, it's going to be there, right? And
0: that's good that you're not the only talented person. Like, right. The more, the merrier here. We all benefit from one another's talents.
1: I'm impressed, though, that the Holy Spirit says, it's not just resentment. It's a bitter it's a very oh, harsh yes. resentment. It's like where you can't bear see someone succeed, which is really sad because when you're a Christian, you want everyone to win. Absolutely. You, and, It's interesting that this, of course, is in the context that he's been dealing with teachers. And I think there's a good application to that of if someone actually is a better teacher than you are, Mm -hmm. you should rejoice in that because that's probably going to help you on your game. Oh, yeah. That's going to help you become a better teacher.
0: Right. Because you're going to learn from them and... Oh, definitely. You want to be (laughs) out-talented.
1: Yeah, that makes the church, the congregation, a better place. If you're selfish, then you're going to have this philosophy, if someone else is winning, that means you're losing. And that's the... That's an inaccurate way to view the world. The Christian way of viewing the world is if other people are winning, that elevates everybody else with them that we can all win together.
0: Absolutely. Because when other people don't win, the people that lose and then lose and then lose, the culture ends up having to take care of their children. You want people around you to be successful because it makes less of a burden on everyone else. And so let's just all realize we're on the same team. Humanity is on the same team. And how can you judge yourself? Like, are my ambitions rooted in selfishness? Or am I more of a team player in this world? And one of the things that I was thinking that we could use to assess the quality of our goals is when we think about what the fruit would be, should we attain them Are those fruits the results that would ripple out and give the people around us a leg up? You know, does it help my neighborhood, my country? Does it help my congregation? Does it mostly help other people? And then, you know, yes, I'm going to shoot for this. I think this would really benefit a lot of people.
1: Yeah. If God is a center rather than you, I think what happens is that you become the mentor and you want people to be better than you are. You, you want to develop people that, Hey, here's the way to do it and go further than I went, mm-hmm. you know, but I think if self is a the center, then that's when you try to keep it all to yourself and you try to hold on to your little realm of influence and power
0: there's a really cool quote that i wish i could say off the top of my head but maybe folks can google this fantastic quote it had to do with it was c.s lewis but it had to do with the teacher's goal that was teaching students how to fence you know how to sword fight was that his student could out fence him that that's Mm -hmm. how he would know that he was successful so Yes, we want our kids to do things better in their generation than we did in ours. We want them to be better parents than we were. You know, Mark, what is your thoughts here then about the last half of that statement? Do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth.
1: One thought is that selfish ambition is rooted in human pride. So if you look at it as far as a train, okay, it would be the engine is arrogance. Oh, I see. And then that leads to selfish ambition. And then that leads to envy and all the other bad stuff that happens. And it could be he's telling his readers... Okay, be honest. Own up here. If that's what's currently in your heart, don't deny it. Oh, right? I see. Don't be arrogant and don't lie because the truth condemns arrogance and selfish ambition. And in the, the lesson maybe to our culture would be don't try to justify the existence of those things. Don't try to make that silly argument because the truth will condemn you on that
0: hmm. All right. So verse 15 says this wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic.
1: That should scare us a little bit there, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Now, when it says this wisdom, that goes back to the previous verse, right? Okay. Uh, the attitude that includes arrogance, bitter envy and selfish ambition. How much damage is that going to do? He calls it a wisdom because people often try to put it in that category, but it's a way of looking at the world. People would call it a worldview. It's an outlook. It's a philosophy. May I suggest to you that it's Satan's? basic philosophy.
0: Yes. And it's very much viewed as wisdom by the world. So Christianity is viewed as first Corinthians one says as foolishness to the world.
1: Yeah. That's a great verse to factor in here because I think a lot of people consider in order to get ahead, you got to put you first Mm -hmm. and whatever it takes, eye on the prize. Okay. And push people out of the the way. And often people will say, yeah. That person that founded that amazing company or that product or whatever, yeah, they were rather a jerk, but they got things done. Mm. And that the rules don't apply to people like that.
0: Mm, mm -hmm. So this wisdom, so this would be the demonic wisdom, is not that which comes from a Above, So yeah, from the is, mouth and the heart of God, right? That's the wisdom right. from above.
1: This is not spiritual. This is not a high level of viewing life. This is not a high level of living.
0: So the opposite here, this earthly wisdom is from the heart and the mouth of God's crafty and persuasive enemies.
1: Yeah, it's called earthly probably because its standards are earthly, its sources, uh, how it measures success, earthly terms its aims are earthly Philippians 3 talks about people who set their mind on earthly things also it's a point of view that does not take into account anything beyond this life no eternal values no spiritual values it's earth bound
0: okay would it also include the idea that it is of human origin as opposed to divine origin
1: yeah Uh, And you might go maybe one step back where he talks eventually about being demonic is that ultimately it's Mm. of Satan's origin. But I think there's something that you could add in there. Sadly, this is the way most people live. Yes. Matthew chapter seven thirteen and 14 talks about that there are two gates, one narrow that leads to life, one that's broad, but that one leads to destruction. And many. Yeah, many are those who enter into that gate.
0: Yes. Yeah, so if you're somebody... Seeking to walk the narrow way. Do not be surprised if you feel incredibly outnumbered, especially at present.
1: Yeah, that is the, where the crowd is. Mm-hmm. That's the crowd.
0: Yes, do not follow the crowd. Always reminds me, Mark, of that photograph from World War II. Yes, on- the
1: one man who's not doing the Heil Hitler in the audience. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's kind of what it feels like sometimes to be a believer in this culture right now, but
1: the one who is in us is greater than the one that's in the world. Amen.
0: All right, so it's earthly but it's also natural.
1: Unspiritual. You know, we think of natural as something good, organic, right? That's yeah, not the way it exactly. that, That's not the way it's used here. It's like
0: doing what comes natural i'll just not even go past
1: that now this same word can be translated sensual so this would be a perspective in which you do things based on your physical impulses Desires at the moment, no higher considerations. So this is instant gratification.
0: Exactly. Yes, and if we all lived just by what came natural, this this culture would be barbaric.
1: Brings you to that next one, okay. demonic, and I think it's devil-like or demonic in origin. Mm-hmm. It's the type of rationalization and thinking practiced by the devil, who is himself filled with bitter envy, arrogance, and mm-hmm. selfish ambition.
0: Yes, if you have not read the screw tape letters, I, think I would love for everybody to read this brilliant piece of work that C.S. Lewis wrote because it will open your eyes to demonic influences you'll recognize it more often when it's at play and so it's a fictional book i actually have i think three podcasts on it two or three podcasts on it that i did with a friend and so we have a conversation about some of satan's schemes that are more subtle not the real obvious ones but the ones that really can trip us up even when we are trying to walk that narrow way so the screw tape letters
1: yeah, that word that reveals that this false wisdom isn't neutral, doesn't really do any good, but doesn't do any harm, actually it's positively evil, and it would generate more sins, which leads you to the next verse, 16. Yes.
0: Verse 16 says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder and every evil thing.
1: I think the first part of that verse tells you, we're still talking about the same thing, okay. right? We are still talking about if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart. We're still talking about mm-hmm. this subject. Yeah. So where those things exist, isn't this an interesting statement? There is. Not, well, there might be or there could be or there's a chance there could be. Mm-hmm. But rather, if you've got jealousy and if you're selfish and it's about you, here's what's also there. Disorder, instability, chaos. chaos. Yeah anarchy, and every evil thing. And a person might say, well, wait a minute, isn't that rather an exaggeration? And I think if you live long enough, and you look at human history, and you've seen enough people that have bought into this, Mm -hmm. particularly in their family life, and their marriages, and their personal life, and maybe they get involved in a congregation, and they don't change. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, this is not an exaggeration.
0: Yes, wherever there is disorder and every evil thing, if things are going sideways and are chaotic, there is a trail that you can follow back to the fact that there are souls that are listening to and doing the wisdom from below.
1: If you think about like a garden, if your soil is arrogance and selfish ambition and bitter jealousy. That's your soil. You're not ever going to grow anything good. What you're going to grow is chaos. It's going to be chaotic behavior. It's going to be behavior that undermines marriages and families and communities and congregations. But you make a really good point. If you are in a family where there's chaos, if you're in a nation where there's chaos, if you're in a congregation and it's chaotic, okay. Trace it. Trace it to Okay. That means there's Selfish ambition here, there's arrogance here, and there's bitter jealousy.
0: Yes. And so, yes, it goes down into our personal lives, and we could sit here for 10 hours and give a bunch of examples of this, but I will just throw out there some of the most obvious ones We're in an election year. If it concerns you that some of the most chaotic scenes have surfaced over the last few years where people are taking baseball bats to, to businesses so that inner city urban areas, a lot of people are fleeing those because of every evil thing going on there, the disorder. If you have policies that lead to more people being addicted to drugs, or if you're pushing some kind of ideology that leads to the highest rate of even children committing suicide. If you are pushing agendas and have a world view that multiplies venereal diseases that is just absolutely creating disorder and every evil thing in this country, you need to take a second look.
1: Yeah, if you're voting for people or if you're going to a college where you have a professor that is seeking to turn everyone into a self-centered victim, people that perceive themselves to be victims, and Mm -hmm. it's all about them, produce chaos.
0: Yes, to be others-centered rather than prideful and selfish is the solution. It's the antidote to all chaos in the world, national, um, in our communities, our churches, our families, and on a personal level, every time.
1: It's also, it seems that people who have a chaotic life who don't want to repent want other people to have chaotic lives as well. Yeah. So typically the people that are trying to cause the chaos.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, misery loves company. So let's transition to the positive thoughts yeah. here. Here in we verse go. Verse 17. So verse 17 is going to give us just the opposite. It's going to give us the solutions. So verse 17 says... But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy.
1: The good news is that what we just looked at, that's not your only choice in life. And the good news is that there's a different point of view. There's a different worldview, different way of living, thinking, different way of organizing your heart, Mm -hmm. your priorities, your values, your mind. And so... It's a wisdom from above, which means it's not a wisdom that man could have invented on his own. Yes. Okay, Jeremiah ten twenty three. Mm-hmm. It's not a wisdom that you can find outside of a relationship with God.
0: Right. This is a wisdom that's granted to those who love God and have asked him for that wisdom. Remember, Mark, in chapter one, verse five, that God promises to grant this wisdom to those who ask.
1: Yeah. To the humble, to people that respect him and fear him. Proverbs chapter one, verse seven. Mm hmm. So it will say that wisdom is first pure.
0: All right. So pure, morally and spiritually undefiled. So it's going to be freed of greed and lust and cruelty, etc. right?
1: Pure. Right. It would not be a wisdom that argues that the end justifies the means mm. or whatever it takes to get the job done. Mm-hmm. This is a wisdom concerned with motivation, Absolutely. integrity, honesty, and the value of the other individual. And so you see that in Psalm 139, the end of that Psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there's any hurtful way in me. Mm-hmm. This is a wisdom that has a purifying effect on your life where as in James 1 you're motivated to get rid of everything that is dark.
0: Absolutely. So that does connect to the next one, which is it's this wisdom from above is peace loving. So as opposed to what we just described about all that chaos, it is courteous. It's considerate. It. You know, after the riot, it's helping people get the windows replaced in their businesses. You know, this is peace loving.
1: Yeah, it's peaceable. It loves peace. And so number one, this is a wisdom that wants to have peace with its creator. Yes. But also as a result of that. This is a wisdom that produces right relationships. Yes. The Bible talks about as much as in you lies, be at peace with all men. Mm-hmm. This wisdom follows the path of reconciliation. Ah. This wisdom follows the path of redemption. Ah. This wisdom follows the path of restoration. I like what someone said. You see someone, they've made a mess of their life, right? Okay, And this is not a wisdom that then tries to continually kind of pile on and this is a wisdom defend that sho-
0: themselves and all that.
1: Well, this is a wisdom that shows up to that person who's just crashed and burned with a shovel and a rope that says, "I see you've dug a hole for yourself. Let me help you get out. Here's a rope. Here's a shovel. I'm here to help you get out of mm-hmm, that and mm-hmm. get you back on the right track."
0: Mm, right. Just the opposite of that selfish ambition that we read about. Before, yeah, the selfish really ambition,
1: started. yeah, really rejoices when other people fall, because uh-huh. that's one less competitor. Right? Right. The selfish ambition wants other people to fail so that I can rise to the top. This is the type of wisdom that wants to keep relationships together.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And doesn't try to even the score and everything. So even if there's like tension in your marriage, can you think of a way that you're being selfish, that you could kind of let go? You know, maybe it's just that you want to be the one in the right and that kind of thing. If you could let go of some selfish ambition, maybe you could enjoy a higher level of peace
1: yeah and I think this is also the wisdom that when you're wrong you admit it and you ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. and you grant it
0: so it's also a wisdom that is gentle
1: interesting word it's a really big word that I think brings in a number of different concepts yeah equitable yes fair sweet reasonableness you can talk to this person This is a person who, I like the word approachable. Yeah. If someone doesn't agree with you, you don't shut them down. You say, hey, come over, sit down. Good to have you. Here's a cup of coffee. Let me hear your argument. I'm willing to hear you out. Yeah. And if I don't agree, I'm going to give you some pushback, but it will be a reasonable.
0: Respectable.
1: Respectable sort of response.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. We always have to. Almost negotiate all day. So there's always exchanges that we're having, whether it's with our children or our friends or family. But here's the question mark. What's the least amount of force verbally or otherwise that I need to use to bring about the desired outcome for the good of yourself and the other? Right? Right. The least amount of volume in your voice. The you know, think about your body language. You can really express gentleness in your body language as well.
1: Yeah. The other wisdom of the world is it tends to always go nuclear. It just dropped a bomb, you know, and this is very constructive. Mm
0: -hmm. The wisdom from above is reasonable. So it's willing to listen. It's logical, right?
1: Ready to obey. Uh, Teachable would be another not stubborn. It's willing to hear you out
0: Uh uh-huh
1: it's not rigid uh Uh you know like this is my opinion and I'm sticking to it
0: yes So it's interesting to see that the word reason, of course, is in the word reasonable. So There there must be a a willingness on both parties to reason with one another. The wisdom from above is not cowardly and too afraid to negotiate and to reason together and to pull things out of the fog. Basically, you could say it is willing to put things on the table that are awkward, but you're going to reason together in this kind of wisdom. You know, you're going to negotiate And, you know, if it's humble, then it's going to be reasonable, willing to listen. Mm -hmm. So next, the wisdom from above is full of compassion. What are your thoughts?
1: Yes, kind actions, mercy on a consistent basis.
0: Mm -hmm. I think we can teach our children this quality by inviting them to imagine until it pains them how it would feel to be in the situation of another and to use that empathy to move ourselves towards acts of kindness, right?
1: Empathy's a good word here. Where you you, you put yourself in the other person's shoes. Yeah. Now in James we're going to see this. In chapter 2 we saw this about empathy for the person who's poor, in need okay. of daily food and clothing. Yeah. In James 1 it's the empathy of there's a widow, she's by herself, she's vulnerable, mm-hmm. there's the orphan, there's yeah. emp- and also at the end of James chapter 5, it's the uh, the mercy that goes after someone who's fallen away. Mm-hmm. Well, that next phrase is, not only is it full, I like that word full of mercy, yeah. but also good fruits, uh-huh. which tells me, just like if you follow the other wisdom, the bitter jealousy, yeah. the range of damage, you can't calculate that, right? Right. It's just like massive. I think this is the opposite of that. Instead of disorder and every evil thing, uh-huh. what you have here is... You just have an abundance and good fruits, and, and it maybe it's left general because it's like there is so much that we don't have time to name all yes. the good fruits that could yes. come from this. It could be healthy marriages. It could be well-adjusted children. It could be safe communities and so much, all of that.
0: So much. I mean, the virtues that God invites us to grow in our lives that are rooted in his wisdom, would make this culture unrecognizable in the prosperity that we'd experience because if you, if you combined the technologies and everything that he's allowed us to discover and if you combine that with the virtues, you know, that if we would apply those I don't know what we would do with all that prosperity that we would not be spending on trying to resolve the chaos that sin and this wisdom from below brings into every one of our lives. Mm-hmm. So, yes, good fruits, unwavering mark. So there's a consistency here. It's not that sometimes it's gentle and reasonable and full of mercy, and but it is a wisdom that just is steady, right? It continues in one direction.
1: Single minded. Always focused on serving God and others. But also, remember James 1 talks about the person who doubt. You know, it's kind of like the sea driven by the wind. Yeah. This wisdom is not skeptical of God's truth. Mm, I see. Some people think it's really clever never to make up your mind about anything. Okay. And no, it isn't. Uh huh. There are certainly areas that it's okay to say, just don't know about that because God hasn't really talked about that. Uh huh. But on all the areas where God has spoken, this wisdom is very clear. Yes,
0: unwavering. That's a great point. So it can be unwavering in not acknowledging God exists or unwavering in admitting how the scriptures have to be his word, given all the pre-scientific foreknowledge and the fulfilling of those prophecies and just the wisdom. The fact, Mark, that it does when applied to our lives individually and collectively, that it actually corrects and prevents every form of chaos. That in and of itself shows that The Bible is the word of God, and we could be unwavering about that.
1: Yeah, that which, if applied by everyone, would solve all problems is the truth.
0: Yes, sir. And so the last quality here to describe the wisdom from above is without hypocrisy. What do you think?
1: Well, if we compare it with the other wisdom from below, yeah, that's a play acting life.
0: Uh huh. Right, uh-huh.
1: that's the chameleons, and that's the.
0: It's the shysters, swindlers, and scallywags. Yeah, and Mark. the
1: fakes and the flakes. Right, <laughs> those are all people that are playing a part. Mm hmm. And that type of wisdom deals in deception.
0: Absolutely. It's
1: really clever at putting on a disguise. Revealing your real aims and motives. It's all the people on the internet hiding behind false identities and Uh that type of thing. This wisdom doesn't pretend, doesn't have to pretend.
0: Yes, because it's from above and it's rooted in truth.
1: So it's genuine. What you see is what you get.
0: Yep. All right. Verse 18 says, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace.
1: So there's a seed. Okay. Yep. And both wisdoms are a seed. Oh, the wisdom yes. from uh-huh. below is a definite seed. Now, uh-huh. it's going to produce. And yes. Do you want both, the whirlwind or do right. you want... <laughs> they both produce. Yeah. They do produce. This wisdom produces righteousness. Uh, uh-huh. And that would be like integrity, virtue, purity of life, a uh-huh. brightness, justice, mercy, mm-hmm. righteousness. Yes. That's what this wisdom produces. That's what comes from this seed. In the previous verses, it said, what comes from that seed? Disorder and every evil thing. That's what comes from that seed. You know, James has already talked about when we have this word seed. Yeah. It says in verse 21 of chapter one, after putting aside all that remains of wickedness and filthiness. Yeah. In humility, receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls.
0: There you go. So it, it gives us fruit of righteousness, and then the result of having the fruit of righteousness, that leads to eternal life with God.
1: Yes, and this is a lot like Titus chapter 1, near the end of that chapter. Titus will say, to the pure, all things are pure. Oh, uh-huh. Now, to the wicked, to those who are impure, everything is like jaded.
0: Everything turns into the dirty joke and etc. Right, yeah. right,
1: and so you see this in James chapter 1. Then it says, is sown, that this seed, this wisdom from above is sown. Yeah. Now, it, that's the same thing with both the wisdoms. There are people yes. out there sowing the disorder and every evil thing. And then there are people, Christians, who are spreading this message. It's sown in peace. Okay. I would think that it's sown peacefully. It's sown by peaceful People,
0: yeah, so it's not the people that are the loudest.
1: These are not people riding and looting and take grabbing everything for themselves, yes, and blocking traffic and things like that. These are not the people that are sowing this.
0: Yes, isn't These it ama- the, It's so ironic, isn't it, yeah. honey, that the loud and the proud and the pushers and often the claim they're the
1: ones for peace. Yeah.
0: Yes, but this sown in peace of so these women who are off in their closets praying to God.
1: <laughs> yes, mothers who are teaching their kids around the dinner table.
0: Yes, remember, she who rocks the cradle rules the world. This is powerful.
1: And then it says, by those who make peace. Okay. Those who work for peace, by the peacemakers. And unless you're working on you being right with God, and helping others be right with god Mm -hmm. you're creating chaos if you're not trying to get people right with the creator and if you're not trying to be right with the creator yourself you're lying about being interested in peace
0: yeah boy do we need more peacemakers mark the new living translation says and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness and then the amplified version says by actively encouraging goodwill between individuals Do we need this in the world or what right now? All I'm saying is give peace a chance, Mark.
1: There you go. So we're brought back all the way to really the first part of chapter three, right, about teachers. The best personal worker, the best teacher, will be the individual Mm -hmm. who is intent upon bringing men and women into a peaceful relationship with God Mm -hmm. and each other, the person who wants others to enjoy the quality relationship with God and their brethren that they are presently experiencing. Mm -hmm.
0: What a great conversation, Mark Dunnigan. Thank you. Thank you so much for fitting in this podcast conversation before the rest of our activities today. And thank you so much for listeners for joining us for this conversation over James chapter three, verses 13 through 18. God bless.